The LA Kings have finalized their roster by signing the last player they needed to sign for the upcoming season. We'll give you all the details on the new deal for defenseman Sean Dursey. We have some not-so-great news on Kings' former first-round pick Alex Turcotte. Plus, we will move up our Friday feedback segment to Thursday, one day earlier, and answer your emails from topics this week like, do you still believe that Quentin Byfield was the right pick by the Kings in 2020? And who is the greatest King of all time? All that coming up on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy this content. Uh, last check, we were at 570 subscribers and looking good to get to our goal of 600 by the end of the month. Thank you to all who have liked and subscribed. My name is Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. The past 20-plus years have been at the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick, reporter, and NHL insider. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years, and a lifelong LA Kings fan. Tomorrow, some of the Kings' top prospects are going to be taking part in the 2022 Rookie Faceoff in San Jose. Rookie Camp opened today. More news on that in just a second. Training camp opens up in six days. The Kings are 13 days away from their preseason opener against the Sharks and 26 days away from their season opener against the Vegas Golden Knights. The big news from Thursday is that the LA Kings finally signed their final player that they needed to get under contract for the upcoming season. That is defenseman Sean Dursey. The restricted free agent gets a two-year extension carrying an average annual value of $1.7 million per season. That is a nice raise for him from what he was making before, which was just over $800,000 per season. Jersey, who turns 24 in October, was forced into the Kings lineup last season due to injuries and was a pleasant surprise, posting three goals and 24 assists for 27 points in his first 64 games of his NHL career. This was after two-plus seasons playing in the AHL with the Ontario Reign. Uh, he even found himself getting number one power play minutes because of the injury to Drew Doughty, which had him on the Kings uh, roster to begin with. Uh, he is expected to see number two uh, power play units uh, unit minutes uh, this coming season now that Drew Doughty is back. Uh, according to LA Kings insider Zach Dooley, the Kings should have just over a million dollars in remaining cap space following the re-signing of Jersey and defenseman Mikey Anderson who signed a one-year extension last weekend. The exact amount of space remaining will be determined by which players end up making the final roster. So we have everybody in the fold for this upcoming season. It's now time to uh, roll out the pucks and uh, put on the skates and get on the ice. And now it's all about what we do this season with everybody under contract. Uh, as far as the signing for Sean Dursey, uh, I like it both for the player and for the team. Uh, he's a guy who I, I mentioned was going to probably get a, a, a decent raise. It's a little bit more than, than I was expecting. Uh, but when you're an offensive defenseman, uh, you get a little bit more money than what we saw with Mikey Anderson, who was just a million dollars per season uh, as more of a defensive defenseman. Um, but I, I like, I've mentioned this before, I like Sean Dursey's confidence. I like his aggressiveness. 
Uh, I like his offensive ability, uh, something that uh, a lot of the Kings' uh, current defensemen uh, don't really have much of other than Drew Doughty. Um, you know, Mikey Anderson and Tobias Bjornfoot are a couple of young defenders who are more defensive-oriented, so it's nice to have a guy like Jersey uh, who's got some NHL experience and some offensive upside uh, to kind of even things out a bit. Um, of course, we've got other young, talented, more offensive defensemen in the system like uh, Jordan Spence and, of course, Brant Clark, who we we're hoping to see sooner rather than later. Um, but uh, I, I, like, I like Sean Dursey's game. I like what he showed last year, uh, being forced into the lineup in some difficult situations. Um, he showed uh, he showed some poise. Um, and, and look, does he have some defense, defensive deficiencies? Absolutely. And, and are those things that he can get better at? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. With more experience, uh, with more more coaching, uh, maybe playing alongside uh, some better teammates, not being forced to play against the other team's best players like he was uh, sort of forced to do this past season. Uh, he's probably going to slot in on that third pairing along with either an Alex Edler or, or a Sean Walker. Uh, so not quite as a demanding of a role for him. But uh, I, I do believe that Sean Dursey can be a very solid and above average uh, NHL level defenseman. So again, everyone is signed. Sean Dursey is in the fold. Everybody for this season is under contract. And now it's time to get to the business of uh, this season underway. Uh, there was some not so good news for the LA Kings who opened up their rookie camp on Thursday. Uh, the Kings former first round pick in 2019 uh, forward Alex Turcott uh, once again has failed his physical and he will not be participating in the 2022 rookie faceoff in San Jose. That's coming up on Friday. Uh, this comes off the heels of Turcott not passing his physical last month for the development camp and being held out of that as well. Uh, Turcotte suffered two concussions last season, and the medical staff and the organization are clearly uh, not going to rush him back into things. Um, when I saw that Turcotte was on the Kings roster for the 2022 rookie faceoff, I was hopeful that this was a positive sign that he was ready to get back on the ice and uh, and get into game action. Unfortunately, that is not the case. Um, his status for training camp and for the start of the season with the Ontario Reign has to be a concern as well. We talked about the Kings taking Quentin Byfield over Tim Stutzla, a subject that got a lot of uh, attention earlier in the week. Um, and it's hard not to wince uh, in pain when you see that um, Alex Turcott was selected at, uh, one pick ahead of uh, Murat Sider of the Detroit Red Wings, who won the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year this past year, and four picks ahead of Ducks star Trevor Zegras. Those are two players the Kings could have had uh, instead of Alex Turcotte. Um, I'm not suggesting that the pick at the time was the wrong pick. I'm just saying the reality of it is at this point that Alex Turcotte's career is in doubt. We don't know if he's ever going to turn into an NHL caliber player, and two players that were picked after him are currently making significant contributions to their teams at the NHL level. And so that's that's tough to swallow when you look at it in, in that regard. Um, it's not Alex Turcot, Turcotte's fault. It's not the Kings' fault. Um, when they drafted him, uh, it was not as if they were drafting a player who had concussion issues and they were deciding, well, his talent is so good, we'll take a chance on him. No, uh, he didn't have uh, any concussion issues. Um, and it's not Alex Turcotte's fault. Uh, it's bad luck. Um, he hasn't done anything to put himself in a bad position. Uh, it's just... It's just unfortunate for everybody all around. We all hope eventually Alex Turcotte can get his uh, his health in order 
and can show some of the ability that made him a first round pick and a high first round pick uh, in the in the 2019 draft. But so far, it's got to be frustrating for him. It's got to be frustrating for the organization. It's frustrating for Kings fans. Um, but unfortunately, we have to just take a wait and see approach with this, and especially with concussions. This is not a knee. This is not a shoulder. Uh, concussions it varies by players. Um, and there's not, sometimes there's not a rhyme or reason for it. Some guys are able to kind of shake it off for lack of a better term and, uh, and move on from it after they take the appropriate time to rest and recover. And for, for other players, it lingers and, uh, they have a lot of side effects from it. So, like I said, very disappointing, uh, that Alex Turcott is not going to be able to take part in the 2022 rookie faceoff. Hopefully though, sooner rather than later, he will pass his physical, he will get cleared and he will get on the ice soon so we can uh, get, let him resume his career and see eventually whether he can make it or not but uh, tough news uh, for Alex Turcott uh, on Thursday hey we're going to get your emails here in just a second but I need to remind you that betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info for this season find all the latest football league developments game matchups news and podcasts betonline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information for major league baseball uh, for MMA, boxing, and golf as well. Uh, you've got live betting, esports, scores, everything over at betonline.net. Head over there today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so we're going to get your emails. As I mentioned, um, coming up on Friday's show, we are going to focus on the Kings' first game in the 2022 rookie faceoff of up in San Jose that comes your way at 2 p.m., Pacific time. Uh, it is available to watch, I am told, on Hockey TV, uh, which I will be uh, watching it, uh, perhaps along with you, perhaps not, but looking forward to watching that first game and watching some of the players uh, that are very important to the Kings, like Brant Clark, like Quentin Byfield, uh, and so on and so forth, and reporting on that game on Monday show. And because of that, or excuse me, on Friday show, and because of that, we moved up our email segment uh, to Thursday. So uh, our first email comes from Bill. He is in Long Beach. He says, thanks for the show. Uh, can't wait for the season to start. Uh, on your show, when you debated the best ever LA Kings player, your guest picked Quentin, uh, excuse me, Jonathan Quick, uh, but you didn't really pick someone. Uh, I'm still going with Wayne Gretzky, even though his best years were as an oiler. Eddie, who is your pick? And uh, Bill, you are correct. Uh, I didn't actually make a pick and that's a bad job by me. Um, and uh, I'm actually going to go with Andre Kopitar. And and as I mentioned that, I need to give the results of our poll coming up here in just a minute, and I will pull that up uh, on my phone. Uh, but look, Marcel Dion has the numbers, right? He's the Kings' all-time leading goal scorer, um, and he is in the top three in all of the Kings' offensive statistics as far as goals, assists, and points. I never saw him play. So it's really difficult to pick a guy as you as as the number one player in the history of the Kings when you never saw him play. And that's not his fault. Uh, that's just when he played. Um, I know he was an incredible player. Uh, I give him all the respect in the world for the numbers that he put up on some really, really bad LA Kings teams back in the day. Um, but it, 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 part of the reason why I couldn't pick him was because I didn't see him play. Um, and, and the era he played in uh, wasn't the greatest era of the NHL. The goaltending uh, back in those days was was pretty dreadful. Uh, it's not taking anything away from Marcel Dion. He is a legitimate Hall of Famer. His numbers speak for themselves, but I just couldn't bring myself to picking Marcel Dion. Why would I pick Andre Kopitar? Well, I think when it's all said and done, 
uh, he is going to be the Kings all-time leading scorer. Uh, he is 204 points away from Marcel Dion as far as tying him in points. Uh, now, Kopi has averaged 72 points per season, so he's basically three seasons away from Dion. If he plays at his career average, I think I could. I think Ganji Kopitar has three seasons left in him. Um, Kopitar right now is fourth in goals scored in Kings history with 365, second in assists with 702. Uh, he should catch Dion likely next season in the assist department. Um, and, uh, you know, Kopitar just turning 35, still has some good years left. Um, he uh, also uh, is uh, 86 games away from passing Dustin Brown for the most games ever played in a Kings uniform. Obviously a two-time Stanley Cup winner, two-time Selkie Trophy winner. And I think when it's all said and done, uh, Andre Kopitar is going to be the greatest LA King of all time. And that's saying much. And he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. Um, I, I realize that he's never, he, he had one season where I think he finished top five for the Hart Trophy. Um, but there's no question that as far as all around centers, a guy like him and Patrice Bergeron are at the top of the list as far as centers when you consider defensive game, offensive game, and, and everything else all around. Um, so slow and steady for Andre Kopitar, reliable, in, uh, you know, night in and night out, uh, what he brings to the table. And uh, so that's my, that's my pick. I apologize I didn't pick that earlier. That's that's my fault. But I think Andre Kopitar is going to be the greatest king of all time. He's my pick now, but I think when his career is all said and done, he'll have played the most games in a king's uniform. He'll be the leader in points. He'll be the leader in assists. Uh, and uh, like I said, he's got some individual accolades, and also the two Stanley Cups certainly are uh, are nothing to overlook as well, and he's been the captain for many years as well, so I'm going with Andre Kopitar. Uh, John in Lawndale uh, gives his selection. He says, I'm going with Luke Robitaille as my all-time greatest king. I admit I didn't see Dion play. Uh, you're not the only one, John, uh, but Luke was the highest-scoring left winger in NHL history until Ovechkin recently passed him. Uh, not bad for a ninth-round pick I think Luke maybe doesn't get the credit he deserves because of that lucky nickname. You don't score over 600 goals and over 1,000 points by being lucky. While he may have seemed like the puck would always find him, uh, Luke had a sixth sense about being in the right place at the right time. I also don't think his attitude helped him either because he was always so easygoing and it seemed like he was just skating around. Plus, I think he's also done a great job in the Kings front office uh, when many people thought he was just a hire to shake hands and kiss baby so john i think is taken into consideration a lot of different things certainly luke robitaille may be the most popular and likable la king of all time um and i i will agree with this point he you know his nickname was lucky and it did seem like he was always in the right place at the right time but that was not by luck uh he would he, like like john said i think luke robitaille was a guy who who just had another sense about where to be on the ice in in certain situations and and the puck seemed to find him a lot so uh, I will agree. You don't score over 600 goals and over a thousand points with luck. Maybe a little bit of luck, but uh, but John thinks uh, Luke Robitaille. Uh, so here are the results of our poll question. Uh, I asked you guys, who do you think is the greatest LA King of all time? Uh, we had 16% select Marcel Dion. And again, I think Dion is hurt by the fact that a lot of current Kings fans probably didn't see him play. He is an all-time great King and, and a Hall of Famer. It's It feels kind of like we're sliding him. Um, Luke Robitaille finished third with 24% of the votes. Andre Kopitar was third with 28% of the votes. And Wayne Gretzky 
uh, voted by you as the greatest LA King of all time with 32% of the vote, but pretty close, pretty close in the voting. Uh, certainly four, four greats as well. I know that our friend Brian Kennedy the other day picked Jonathan Quick. Uh, and I know there was an, a couple other listeners uh, made their kind of write in candidate Jonathan Quick as well. And he certainly is, is in consideration, certainly the greatest goaltender in the history of the Kings. And, and I think that in and of itself makes him in consideration for the greatest King uh, of all time. Uh, we've got more emails coming up in just a second, but I uh, want to remind you that the Locked On NHL podcast has you covered for all of your league-wide NHL talk with a rotating cast of local hosts from the Locked On NHL channel. Breaking down the biggest stories in hockey five days a week. Subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app or watch on YouTube. Uh, we continue with the emails. This is from Lisa in Corona, and she says, Thanks so much for bringing up Ace Bailey and Mark Bavis on the recent anniversary of 9-11. I had a former classmate that died on 9-11, and I remember going to that first Kings game after. Uh, it's been, I, I, I've been to many sporting events, but I've never felt more deafening silence than I did on that night. Usually when they have a moment of silence, you can still maybe hear a little bit of noise, but not that night, nothing. It was as if the arena was empty. I, too, also hope to get to the 9-11 memorial one day. And that is from Lisa in Corona. And uh, she said she had a former classmate who died on 9-11. I actually had a coworker who died on 9-11. Um, his name was Tom Pecorelli. He was a cameraman at uh, Fox Sports Network. Uh, he was on American Airlines Flight 11. Um, I did not know Tom as a friend, but I, I think if you you have work acquaintances, right? Guys, that you, guys or girls that you see every day at work, um, maybe it's a security guard, maybe it's, uh, you know, like um, custodial staff, or maybe it's somebody who kind of works in a cubicle by you and you walk by him and you say hi. And every once in a while, maybe you have a, a few words, um, you know, their name, they know your name, but you don't, you're not really friends with them. And that was uh, the situation with me and Tom. Uh, we both worked on the stage at the Fox Sports Radio, our Fox Sports TV network, working behind the scenes on some Fox Sports shows. And, uh, yeah, I remember when when nine eleven happened. Clearly, we were all shaken up by that. And then when I found out uh, much later in the day that Tom was on one of those flights, it it just floored me to act to actually you know to think that I knew someone that was on one of those planes. Uh, again, not well, wasn't a friend, but just to know him and and find out about that uh, certainly made it a lot different. Really brought it home. And uh, yeah. Uh, the next email comes from Scott in Torrance. He says, uh, I think you and a lot of Kings fans are overly optimistic about Quentin Byfield. I know he's young, but so is Trevor Zegras. Uh, when you watch him, you see the talent. Uh, I guess he's talking about Zegras. When you watch Byfield, you don't. Maybe it will turn out that I'm wrong, but I just don't see any reason to be optimistic about Byfield. Uh, the Kings should have taken Tim Stutzla. Well, like I said uh, on, on the show the other day, um, the people that all thought the Kings should have taken Tim Stutzla at this point in time are correct. Um, he's a better player at this point in time, and there's no doubt about it. Um, I would just say, is it really fair to Quentin Byfield to judge him after 46 games? 46 games, that's half a hockey season, and we're going to already pass judgment on what he is or what he isn't? I just don't think that's fair. Um, it is fair to say that he hasn't shown uh, the flash and the and and the productivity of a, somebody like a Trevor Zegers. I get that. That's fair. But it's just too soon to tell. And and as I said, and I'll reiterate it, all the experts at the time when they were debating Byfield or Stutzla said Tim Stutzla is a is a more ready NHL player now. He's going to have more of an impact sooner 
rather than later. Quinton Byfield is going to take some time to mature both mentally and physically. But in the end, those same people all said, even knowing that, they would still pick Quinton Byfield over Tim Stutzla. So if those experts are correct in how we see those two players at this point, who's to say they won't be correct with how they see we see these two players in seven or eight years? Only time will tell. It, it could be the it could, could very well be Tim Stutzla is going to be a better player than Quinton Byfield. I just don't think it's fair to Quinton or the LA Kings to you know say that this pick is a failure to make that determination yet. I just I just don't. Now it, again, it, that may turn out to be the case, but can you really say that at this point? I, I just I just don't think you can. But Scott, you're entitled to your opinion, and like I said, at this point in time, you are right. Tim Stutzla is a better player. Than Quentin Byfield. Um, big season coming up for Quentin Byfield. Our next email comes from Dave. He is in Las Vegas, but he's from LA. He says, I listened to your podcast since the beginning, and I'm happy with both host perspectives. Um, I think he means the former host, Sarah, who used to host the show, perhaps. Uh, he says, I've got a couple of questions uh, and comments from the podcast. I work in Vegas, but commute uh, to LA uh, have for years. I feel that the Squires are our current rival, but I feel like the Sharks are the biggest rival since they still have success against us. Squire fans aren't as cocky as they once were, so that's a great feeling. So he's calling the Golden Knights the Squires. Uh, the Ducks aren't just good enough yet, and I think that the rivalry will change once uh, we are both playing good hockey. I still hate Montreal more than any other team since they stole our cup in 93, and uh, they have cursed other Canadian teams because of their cheating ways. Uh, I still, I still got to admit, I have something against the Canadians as well. Uh, he says, do you think that Kale Clegg would have helped the team? I assume he means the Kings. Uh, if he had stayed any word on how his season went in Montreal, uh, Kale Clegg played 25 games with the Canadians last season. Uh, he had two goals and three assists with five points in 25 games. I believe he signed this off season with the Buffalo Sabres. Um, uh, he's a, he's a decent depth defenseman. Um, but I, I would certainly take Sean Dersey or Tobias Bjornfoot or Jordan Spence uh, or Brant Clark over uh, Kale Clegg. There just wasn't much room for Kale, to be honest with you, and his development I don't think was quite what the Kings had hoped for when they drafted him. Uh, that's why they exposed him to the waiver wire, and uh, the Canadians ended up picking him up. But uh, not much with Montreal, but he is getting another chance to prove what he can do um, with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, and one final email. This is from Chino Prison Rich. I don't know. Uh, he says, I'm wondering, what do you think about a comparison between the LA Kings and Anaheim Ducks draft results over the past 10 years? It appears that the Ducks may have been the better of the two, but they that may be because LA seemed to follow a longer development plan with some of their players. It would also appear the Kings are better at finding players in the later rounds. Um, all right. Uh, so I did a very quick research of this uh, Chino Prison Rich uh, and and again, just kind of looking over it, not real in depth, I think your uh, impression is correct. I think the Anaheim Ducks probably have had a bit better of it over the last, I, by the way, I went back, I went from 2020 um, back to 2010. So I covered a 10-year span, didn't include the last two years because those none of those guys are playing uh, at the NHL at this point. So it's not really fair to critique them. So between 2010 and 2020, uh, the LA Kings had 76 total draft picks. 16 of those players have played over 100 games at the NHL level. Their best picks have been Adrian Kempe and Tyler Toffoli. 
Uh, guys like Mikey Anderson were in the fourth round, Matt Roy uh, and Dominic Kubalik, seventh round picks. Kubalik, you may not know, but he's gone on to uh, have a nice career a- away from the Kings. He never uh, signed with the Kings, but they drafted him in the seventh round. Anaheim has had 73 picks, so three fewer than the Kings, but they've had 24 players play over 100 games at the NHL level. Uh, so that is eight more uh, than the LA Kings have. Uh, some of the names uh, for the Ducks over that span, Ricard Raquel, Shea Theodore, John Gibson, Cam Fowler, Trevor Zegers, and Jamie Drysdale. And of the players in recent times that have been drafted uh, by the Ducks and the Kings, you know, the Kings have guys like Quentin Byfield and Alex Turcotte and Gabe Velarde. And none of those guys have been impact players to this point, whereas the Ducks have had Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale, young players who have already made their mark uh, with the team. They also had Troy Terry in the fifth round and Josh Manson in the sixth round. As far as looking at the later picks, who did the better of it, it's kind of equal in that regard. So I think when you look over the past, not the past 10 years, but if you look over a 10-year span from 2010 to 2020 and you look at all the draft picks, I would have to say the Anaheim Ducks have had a little bit better of it uh, than the Los Angeles Kings have. Uh, So that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for everybody that emailed. If you would like to send me an email to comment on this show or anything going on with the LA Kings for a future show, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, LockedOnEddie, E-D-D-I-E, at gmail.com. To keep up to date on what's going on with this show and with the LA Kings, uh, please follow us on Twitter. We are at LockedOnLAKings. We're starting to have some more poll questions every week. If that's something that you're interested in, If you want to take part in those, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAKings. Again, coming up on Friday's show, uh, we are going to have a report on the Kings' first game of the 2022 rookie faceoff in San Jose. Uh, Looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing how Quinton Byfield does, uh, how does uh, Brant Clark do, and and several other young promising prospects for the Kings as well. Hey, thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks for watching and listening to Locked On LA Kings. Go Kings, go.